I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For our new listeners, welcome. For our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is which is the best Harry Potter Halloween? Hey listeners, I'm Jem. And I'm Rhea, and this week we're ranking the Harry Potter Halloweens. Ooh, spooky times. It's Halloween again. I'm so happy. Same. Oh my goodness. Best time of year. Okay, well, as much as I am excited to t- start talking about Halloween, Rhea, you did promise me that I could rant in this episode. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We teased that last episode, but it's happening now. Let's go. Alright, so we've been told that in the new Fantastic Beasts oh, movie. Oh wait, spoilers. Oh, spoilers, 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 spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. We're going to be talking about some recent revelations about Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald or whatever it's called now. Yeah. So if you don't want to know anything about that movie before it comes out, skip ahead like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes and we'll probably have finished. Maybe like six minutes, five minutes, something like that. So we've been told that in this new movie coming out next month, the newest twist is that Nagini is a woman. So here it is. The snake that was an ally of Voldemort, controlled by his parcel mouth abilities, was turned into a horcrux and eventually beheaded, was in fact a woman who was the unfortunate victim of a blood curse. I don't like it. I don't like it. I hate it. I really hate it a lot. And there's a few reasons why. Firstly, I want to talk about representation. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a uh, cisgendered white Australian woman. Mm-hmm. My personal knowledge of the origins of the word Nagini or the creature associated with it are very minimal. What I have learned is that uh, Nagini comes from the Sanskrit word Naga. Nagini is the female version. The Naga were a semi-divine race of servants from uh, the heavenly plane. They are prevalent in Buddhism, Jainism, and Hinduism. So apparently, according to my research, this term started India and then spread throughout Southeast Asia into Cambodia, Indonesia, Malaysia, and Laos. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're quite prevalent in South, South Asian and Southeast Asian cultures. Okay. And they're a good creature, generally, for the most part. They're like a divine creature. Yeah. Because unlike in Western culture, snakes have a different meaning in a lot of Eastern cultures. They mean good things. So I understand why... A lot of people are skeptical at the casting of Claudia Kim, who is a Korean woman, as a symbol which is prevalent in Southeast and Southern Asian cultures. But I can understand the frustration there. Mm-hmm. For for now, we don't know anything about the movie in terms of, like, is Nagini just a stage name that was given to her, or is it her actual name? Because we know that she's a maledictus, which is a thing that J.K. Rowling made up. It's a blood curse thing. So it's not simil- exactly the same as what we know about Naga, but... I don't know. And I think that um, I've noticed that a few fans have called JK out on this and said, why'd you cast Claudia Kim when you could have cast a Southeast Asian actress or an Indian actress? 
And her response to this is like, oh, this creature is prominent in Indonesian culture. And then she just hasn't elaborated from there. But and it's like, isn't, okay. Isn't the actress Korean? She's Korean. So that's East Asia. But that's not Indonesia. No, it's very different to Indonesia and India and Cambodia and countries where Hinduism, Jainism and Buddhism are prominent. So it's... Okay. Yeah, that's it's... Not, they're, they're different <laughs> countries. That's completely I know. different. I know. It's very... That's why it's... There's a, a huge... Oh my god. JK, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it can't... What like, have you done? There's a huge controversy there and it comes across on JK's part as like a homogenization of Asian culture into one big blob of this comes from Asia yeah. when that's not accurate. There are thousands of different cultures in Asia. <laughs> so... Oh, um, that's... That's definitely not good. Okay. Not good. And so another side of that coin in terms of representation is that uh, Nagini, it boils down to the way women of color and Asian women in particular are portrayed in the media. Now we haven't seen the movie yet, mm-hmm. so we don't know the finer details of Nagini's story, but we know that yeah. we can definitely see how her story pans out in the Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. One of the only women of color characters in the Harry Potter universe, which for the most part is a very white, is a woman trapped by a curse who ends up becoming a slave to a white man who is evil and uses her to eat people and sustain his health during his twisted reincarnation by surviving off her venom. And that's pretty disappointing. Yeah. Very disappointing. <laughs> so I that's what, all I'm going to say about representation for now. I like Because I just learned about the etymology of Nagini and the Naga recently, I don't feel like I have enough of a cultural uh, context to comment properly on it. I, this is just what I've learned from looking around online. I definitely want to do a full episode on Nagini and this new information we've learned about her and what it means in terms of recontextualizing her appearance in the original series. But we'll have to wait until at least Mm. this movie, possibly all of the movies come out because we don't have enough context at the moment. But uh, yeah, like I said, we don't know enough details to see how this representation pans out. Here's why me personally, I don't like this decision. It doesn't make sense and it's unnecessary Mm. and it's unoriginal. Yeah. We talked about this theory before in our 2018 Potter Predictions episode. We brought up this theory about how Claudia Kim's character might be Nagini, and we ultimately dismissed it because it sounds ridiculous. It sounds like a bad mid-2000s fanfic trope, almost like if Voldemort had a daughter. Mm-hmm. This whole Nagini debacle got me thinking about what you said going back in January, Ria, about fandom fatigue. <laughs> the fact that... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, listeners, please re-listen to that episode or listen to it for the first time if you haven't, because I go on a big rant and everything that's happened since January has proved me right. Yeah. In fact, a lot of our little predictions have uh, been brought up throughout the year, which is fascinating. It's uncanny how much we've correctly predicted. We should do this again next year. I guess we're just the boss of Harry Potter. Okay, so the fact that the Gini was a woman is now being presented to us as an original part of canon. It's official now. It's something that we should all be awestruck by and enjoy. But my question is, why? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. As someone who writes, and I say that because I don't think I can yet call myself a writer, but as someone who writes, I know that this is the question that... As someone who is equally as talented as accomplished as JK Rowling herself. No. <laughs> As someone who writes, I know that this is a question that storytellers must ask themselves when imbuing their worlds with important and symbolic decisions. Why am I doing this? What message am I trying to send with making this choice? All composers love sprinkling in hints for big plot reveals that come later in their story. We love to watch that unfold. Mm-hmm. And we should be uh, doing what is that to send a specific message. 
J.K. Rowling says that she knew Nagini was a woman for 20 years. I say that maybe she did, but she never wrote that. There was never any little clues or loose ends in the story of Nagini that made me wonder at the origins of this snake. So if we didn't write that in, then what is the point of writing that in now? It feels forced and it feels cheap. Mm. It feels like for a few years since Harry Potter has experienced its revenant reawakening, I've been witnessing JK writing herself into a corner. It seems like with every new development in the HP franchise, this magical world, which is rich with possibility and diversity and opportunity, is just getting smaller and smaller. Cursed Child reads like a greatest hits of books one to seven with a bad fanfiction lens slapped on top. For the Ilbermorny update, it was about a woman who wanted to replicate Hogwarts in the New World and disregarded thousands of years of American history that already existed before European colonization. Fantastic Beast was meant to be a unique trilogy following the adventures of a magizoologist and interesting creatures, but now it's a five-movie series about the Grindelwald War, and maybe now it's going to connect Voldemort? How do I say this simply? Write new things. <laughs> there is no need to keep harking back to the original series. We remember what happened. That's why people are getting frustrated by all the retcons that appear to be in direct opposition to what they can establish in books one to seven and the eight movies. Mm. Write something new. Explore elements of the Wizarding World that were left unexplored at the end of the books. You realise that the original story was a bit of a white bread parade, lacking in diverse representation, and you want to remedy that. That's good. That's really good. Bring in new voices. Allow different directions to get directors to get the chance to explore this universe. Create roles for POC that are new and aren't cheapened by reference to Harry's journey. Mm -hmm. I say this with the knowledge, rather, the resignation, that Harry Potter is not going to end. The stories that we loved and the values that we learned about death are forgotten now. They're going to keep beating this dead horse because it keeps coughing out money. Yeah. So I can't ask for it to stop. All I can hope is that it will actually try to be more original, respectful, and hey, even relevant for its audience. Mm -hmm. Also protect Claudia Kim. No matter what your opinions are on all of this, she is an actress and a person, and she doesn't deserve to be harassed by any of the toxic fans out there who don't know how to channel their disappointment. Like, I understand that it's a bit controversial that she's a Korean woman cast in a role which isn't for her, but we don't know how much knowledge she has of the particular origins of Naga. And besides, I've seen a lot of women of color trash for their roles in big fandom bases like in Star Wars. So I don't want to see that happen again to this lady. So that's my little two cents. That was more than two cents. That was great. That was like $2 at least. <laughs> that was honestly like fantastic points, really elegantly put. Uh, I had some things that I wanted to say, but they're all dumb in comparison. So let's just move on. What did you want to say? Talking about our 2018 Potter Predictions episode. Going back and re-listening to that episode, you did predict that Nagini would be a woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did either predict that yourself or you brought up the theory that already existed and talked about it. Yeah, I talked about the theory I've seen online, yeah. And I just wanted to say that during that episode, I basically completely dismissed it. I was like, no, that won't happen. <laughs> it's like it's terrible writing. It's just stupid. Like, it's not interesting or entertaining. So it just won't be in the story. And I want to say that I was right. <laughs> <laughs> on most of those points. <laughs> yep. The only thing I was wrong about is that it wouldn't be in the story because everything else through it, it's, it's just bad. Okay, so are we exiting the spoiler zone now? Yeah, Halloween time. Halloween time. Yes. Halloween time. Back to happiness and joy that only comes from Halloween. 
So yeah, for this episode, we're doing a bit of a similar structure to what we did with our Christmas episode last year, where we're going to be going through each of the Harry Potter Halloweens from the books and movies and ranking them from the best to the worst. So just like that episode, I think we need to come up with some criteria of what makes a good Halloween. I have five criteria, same as with our um, Christmas episode. Okay. The first is spooks, and I use this to refer to yep, I had that. decorations, the general Halloweenness of the way everything looks and feels. Like, is it got a spooky vibe and aesthetic? Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Yeah, the atmosphere. The next is treats, like physical treats. What, what kind of candy and what kind of good grub does the people get in the books? Mm-hmm. The next is tricks. So what kind of uh, fun pranks or oh, nice. shenanigans do the, does the team get up to? The next is togetherness. So are you with your friends and family and loved ones and having a good time or are you being a loner? And the last is plot, because as we'll see, a lot of the Halloweens in the Harry Potter series have very interesting Ah. plot relevance for the story. Spooks, treats, tricks, togetherness, and plot. I agree that those are the components (laughs) of a good Halloween. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to give each of those a score out of five and then a total score out of 25 for each year. Yeah. Last year, we also had some bonuses and subtractions. So there was a trio bonus if Harry, Ron, and Hermione are all together. Mm -hmm. And there was a heartbreak uh, subtraction. Deficit, yeah. It made us feel sad. Yes. Deficit. I think those still apply. Fair enough. Also, last year, I think we made a bit of a mistake because we started with book one, which is the most whimsical magical of the books. And then we ended in book seven, which is not that. (laughs) So the episode became increasingly more depressing as we went through. I think this time we should go in reverse order. We should start in the most depressing and hopefully end up at the best place. Okay, let's do that. All right, so uh, year seven, Halloween. It's unclear when it happens <laughs> because I, I checked, I to re- research this episode, I checked Harry Potter Wiki and I read through all the Halloween chapters in the books. But I couldn't find when exactly Halloween was in the Deathly Hallows. It's not important, so it's not really mentioned. Yeah. I tended to pinpoint it to when the three of them were uh, camping together, post the heist on the Ministry of Magic, mm-hmm. but before Ron left. I think that was about Halloween time. Yeah. The story begins during the summer holidays, mm-hmm. and then there's Harry's birthday, Bill and Fleur's wedding, the time that they spend living at Five Grimmauld Place and the heist on the Ministry, which takes some several weeks at least, mm-hmm. then they're into the camping. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's – is there any chance that they're still at Grimmauld Place when Halloween happens? It could be. I think that maybe they did the heist on the Ministry around October 25th maybe, like late October but not exactly Halloween. And then they just started camping. That was so specific. <laughs> I don't know. Then they just started camping at um, the end of October into November. And then sometime in like late November, Ron left. And then, of course, Christmas they spend in Hog- um, Godric's Hollow. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's like mid-December, Ron leaves. and Okay. So maybe they are in Grimmauld Place. Yeah. Well, we don't know, basically. There's no specific dates around this time, so it's hard to tell. I'm happy to settle for is when they're camping mm-hmm. with Ron and the Horcrux, so before Ron leaves. Okay, yeah. So, uh, spooks. Look, it's a spooky time, <laughs> but not because of <laughs> like a general Halloween atmosphere, more because of a genuine fear for their lives. So, I don't know, I think I might score that pretty low for spooks. 
Yeah, it's not fun spooks, it's depressing spooks, because, like, there's a dark energy and cloud that's settled over the three of them while they're going around camping and mm. stuff. But it's because of the Horcrux yeah. they've got going with them and it's news of the war coming in. So I'm going to give it a hot one. Yeah, I'm going to give it a one, because, like you said, there is a dark energy, and that's very... I like that Halloween vibe, <laughs> but I don't think it's a good dark energy. Yeah. Okay, treats. Oh, they're actually kind of starving a bit <laughs> because they can't find food. Yeah. They can't conjure food because of Gamp's law of elemental transfiguration. <laughs> they're living off, like, berries and stuff that they find in the woods. Yeah, fish from the river and whatever food they can occasionally steal from muggles. So, not a lot of treats either. <laughs> I'm so glad we started here because this episode's going to get better and better as we go. Yeah. Stay, stay tuned, listeners. <laughs> um... <laughs> Just ride this out. It'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if we gave one for spooks... But there's more spooky stuff going on. There's no treats. Mm. The food that you find in the woods is not a treat. I guess. Tricks. This isn't a good trick, but the Horcrux is kind of tricking them by messing with their minds. They're tricking Snatchers because they're staying behind shields and wards to keep safe. So there's that time when Griphook and Dean walk by and they listen in their conversations. That's a bit of eavesdropping. Yeah, I think the general sneaking around trying to avoid being caught is kind of a tricky thing that they're doing. But I would only give it a one because, again, it's not in the spirit of Halloween. It's they're trying to survive. Yeah, it's survival. So let's give it a hot one. Togetherness. Look, they are together, but it's a sad, angry time full of bitterness and jealousy. They're not happy. It's not a good togetherness. Yeah. One for togetherness because they are physically together. They have each other to rely on. And they are kind of, they're trying to work together. It's not mm. going great, but they are trying to cooperate and do something. Okay, so one for togetherness. I think a one is fair. And then plot. Look, the let's all go camping together section of Deathly Hallows, it's like a bog that the plot gets stuck in. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that this is a great plot section. No. The only thing I can think of that happens is the the goblin moment where they hear about what's going on at Hogwarts, mm -hmm. which is important for the plot. But we yeah. don't even know if that happens on Halloween. No. <laughs> so. Uh, it could have been the day that Harry went into the village and encountered all those Dementors and couldn't cast a Patronus, and they figured out that the Horcrux was evil. Yeah. Which, honestly, they should have known that already. <laughs> yeah. Things happen, we just can't pinpoint the exact day. It could have been a day which they learned about the Horcrux or they learned about Hogwarts, but we just don't know. So I'm going to give it a one. Yeah, I think a one is fair. Okay, so that's all the points plus the trio bonus, which is another one. So that's... Do we have a heartbreak negative, though? Oh, I think so. It's pretty depressing. Yeah, things are falling apart. Ron is about to leave. He hasn't left yet, but he will soon. Mm-hmm. He's injured, in pain. They're not really getting anywhere. Harry feels betrayed by Dumbledore. Yeah. I think we've got that heartbreak negative. Okay, so all up, it is 4 out of 25. So not great. Not a not the best Halloween. <laughs> year 6. So again with um, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, same within Year 7. It's unclear or unmentioned when exactly Halloween is. I thought I could narrow it down to I think it was about when the Quidditch match where Harry pretends to slip Ron and Felix Felicis occurs. So the first Quidditch match of the season, Gryffindor versus Slytherin. But I think that happens in, like, early November. So if it was completely unmentioned, should we just give it zeros across the board? Uh, I mean, we did work it out for Deathly Hallows. 
Yeah, that's true. And we, get, we, <laughs> we gave it a score. <laughs> so I guess we have to try. Okay, fair enough. I'm just, I'm just trying to get out of doing work, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay, spooks. Okay. Uh, I don't. These aren't Halloween-specific spooks, but the beginning of Half-Blood Prince is a spooky time. Like, Voldemort's back. <laughs> That's the beginning. We don't know what's going on. Like, we don't know if anyone's family was murdered at the specific time of Halloween. I wouldn't count that as Halloween spooks. It's like, that's just sad. <laughs> it's not like, ooh, a, a skeleton jumped out at me. Ah, it's like, wow, uh, Susan Bones got a call from the ministry. Her parents are dead. <laughs> like, that's a thing that happened. That's really rough. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give it a hot zero. I think also a zero for spooks. It was an upsetting time, but not a spooky time. Uh, treats, I'm going to say zero again, because there's no mention of, if like, you know, candy or, f- or a Halloween feast or anything like that, so. Yep, a hot zero. Alright, what about tricks? Did any tricks happen during that unnamed period of time that we're trying to define? I mean, Harry tricked Ron in early November. <laughs> Does that count? No, that's not Halloween. Oh, I guess you could say Draco is tricking everyone because he's actually a Death Eater. Yeah, but that's not specific to Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Okay. Togetherness. Look, everyone's together, (laughs) I I guess. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, like, compared to some of the other books that are around this time, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are all close. They're not fighting amongst each other, from what I can remember. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, maybe actually, maybe Ron was mad with Hermione because she was getting invited to all the slug club things and Ron was worried about her and Cormac being a thing or something like that. I don't know. Maybe that was later on though. I forget. Earlier on, Ron is a bit upset about Hermione being invited to this party, but then Hermione basically says, well, I'm going to invite you. And then that leads to some romantic tension. And then later it becomes a big, horrible mess when- Ron starts dating Lavender. But earlier on, there's like, there's some tension there, but it's a good kind of tension. So what do you think? A a two? One? I'm going to say one, because it's not Halloween-specific togetherness. It's more just sort of like, everyone's at school. No one's particularly fighting. Okay. And what about plot? (laughs) We can't (laughs) even specify what time this was happening. So zero. And also trio bonus. Yeah, we get a trio bonus and no heartbreak deficit. So this comes out at as a two. <laughs> two. <laughs> that's less than <laughs> Deathly Hallows. That's that's rough. Also, I'm so glad we went through the trouble of ranking that instead of just giving it a zero. <laughs> that was definitely worth it. You're welcome. I mean, we came here to rank every friggin' Halloween and that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> I guess. I'm not pussyfooting around this, Rhea. Okay. <laughs> Alright, uh, year five. That's another one where it's not really- <laughs> There's, again, no mention- Yeah, it's not really mentioned when Halloween is, so- <laughs> Yeah, there's no mention of the feast. <laughs> another pointless endeavor. But I know that DA meetings were on put on hold for a small while around mid-October to November because of practices for the Quidditch matches coming up. Okay. So- DA meetings are off. Mm-hmm. It's building up to the Quidditch game and Ron's really nervous and it's really stormy outside. That's all I had for that sort of area. Like, I, in terms of this book, I read through the chapters and I couldn't find a specific date mm-hmm. for Halloween because it wasn't mentioned. But I found, like, mid-October and then early November. So I found the sort of period of what was going on and basically this is what was happening. So for spooks, mm. I think the stormy weather is a bit spooky. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, I'm going to allow it. So I'm happy to give that a one for spooks because the weather's spooky. 
Yeah, okay, so one for spooks. Mm-hmm. What about for treats? Well, I would assume there's a Halloween feast, but it's not mentioned. Mm, it's not mentioned, so it doesn't count. Fine, a zero then. Zero. Okay, uh, tricks. They're tricking Umbridge by having the DA existing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they suspend the DA. So, okay. never mind. <laughs> Ron's getting nervous about the Quidditch match because the Slytherins are like playing tricks on some of the members of the Quid- of the Gryffindor team, right? Like they're threatening to put like, I don't know, bullet box powder in their clothes and they're sending they're yelling out threats in the hallways and stuff. I don't remember that, but it sounds like the sort of bullshit that would happen. So I'm happy to accept that as true. Okay, two? I'll give that a two. Three, okay. Look, I knew these early years were going to be so rough. This is why I suggested we start it with seven and count down. Yeah. Because I didn't want to be doing this at the end of the episode. Yeah, it's really dry. Just stick with us, listeners. We're so close. Uh, Togetherness. Togetherness. Yeah. They all are together and the trio isn't fighting, but Harry's got- No, wait a minute. I'm wrong. Sorry. At the beginning of the fifth book, mm-hmm. Ron and Hermione are fighting basically constantly. And Harry keeps isolating himself from them because he's got Voldemort in his brain. Okay. So that's pretty bad. And also, his, Harry's one source of like feeling together and feeling happy, the DA, is pulled from him as well. So he's not doing the DA right now. Yeah. So I'm going to... That's pretty bad. And he can't contact Sirius. Hagrid hasn't come back yet. He's pretty alone. Yes, that's a zero. <laughs> I'm going to give that a zero. Even though he is at Hogwarts and surrounded by people, it's still a zero for togetherness. All right, uh, plot. I think there's some plot stuff going on. There's the DA. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my mind blanked on anything else. That's it. <laughs> uh, the Quidditch matches. This is Ron's first Quidditch match, or the lead-up towards Ron's first Quidditch match. Yeah, and that Quidditch match becomes important because Harry soon, will soon get banned from Quidditch, I guess. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's sort of the only Quidditch match of the year that we get to see Harry play in. So I'm, maybe a one for plot? Yeah, let's give it a one. Okay, and then we get the trio bonus. Is there a heartbreak deficit because Harry is feeling so awful or not? No, I don't think that's, I don't think that's heartbreaking. It's just unfortunate at this stage. Okay, so that all up is uh, four, five. That's a five. So that's our best Halloween so far. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even mentioned. Alright, no. now let's get into the actual Halloweens. Oh, All finally. Right. <laughs> we made it, listeners. Thank God. Year four. <laughs> okay. okay. So in year four, there's a lot of excitement around Halloween Day because the Goblet of Fire has been placed in the Great Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred and George take an aging potion to try and get their names into the Goblet of Fire, but it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. There's loads of bats put in the Great Hall, thousands of bats. The big pumpkins are decorating the Great Hall as usual. That's so spooky. The, the trio goes down to Hagrid's hut for a visit just to go see him, and um, they eat a beef in quotation marks casserole. Hermione finds a large talon in hers, so it's unclear what the meat actually is. Oh, excellent. Hagrid's so good. Hagrid has a new look as well. He's got, like, he's combed his hair and he's made himself look quite nice. Then the trio are like, oh, let's go back up to Hogwarts for the feast, the reveals of who are the champions. And Hagrid's like, yeah, let's do that. And then he sees Madame Maxine coming out of her carriage with some <laughs> Beberton's uh, students, and he completely ditches the trio and just runs off with her. And, uh, <laughs> and the trio uh, are like, hey, you left them. He doesn't do it deliberately. He just forgets about them. <laughs> he just starts talking yeah. to Madame Maxine and then walks off with her, and they're like, hey! 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. Hagrid's so good. The Halloween feast took a bit longer than usual. Um, Harry didn't take to the food too much. I think he, everyone was a bit too excited because they were eager to see what was going to happen next. Yeah, everyone was rushing through their meals. Yeah. Finally, all the candles in the room extinguish, mm. and the four champions are drawn out of the hat, not hat, of the goblet. Uh, and it's revealed that Harry's name has been put in the goblet of fire. <laughs> and there's all that drama there that we know of. Mm-hmm. Then after Harry comes out of the cellar, I suppose, and goes back up to the Gryffindor common room, there's a big party thrown for him. He gets tossed about and give, shoved food in his hands. It's like that's everyone celebrating. He goes upstairs, and Ron is very upset. And he just gets really short with him. And because Harry won't reveal how his name got in the goblet, Ron thinks he's lying to him. Ron goes to bed early and gets pretty pissy with him. Yeah. And Harry gets pretty pissy up, pretty pissy back. Pretty pissy back. Yeah, sorry, that was hard to say. So yeah, that is Goblet of Fire. Finally, a Halloween that is distinct. <laughs> yeah, actually dramatic. And it's not even Halloween focused. All of this is Triwizard Tournament focused. But at least we've got something to talk about. Yeah, all right. Spooks. Spooks. The castle has been spookified, the, the pumpkins are out, the bats are out, everything's decorated. I guess maybe they didn't go as all out with the decorations as they usually would because they had to make room for the champions to access the Goblet of Fire, and they were more focused on making sure the castle was all clean and nice rather than, like, spookifying it, I guess. But spooks are there. Later on in the year, they make a point that the castle is absolutely beautiful and well-decorated for Christmas. Mm. because they're trying to show up the other schools, but they don't really talk about Halloween that much, which makes me think that they were a bit more toned down with the Halloween decorations than they usually are. So I'm going to say it's st- there's still decorations there. I'm going to say it's a five for decorations, though. Mm-hmm. It's for spooks. A five? Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. The only other thing I was going to say is that when all the candles go out and they do the big goblet of fire with the blue flame and all that sort of stuff, that's pretty spooky. Oh, yeah. So I think that should get an extra point. Okay. But I was going to argue that up to a four, because I was going to say three for decorations and then one for that whole shenanigan. But you've just gone five straight away. Thousands of bats, Rio. Oh, I guess. Thousands of bats. Okay, I'm happy to go a five for spooks. Nice. Okay. Finally, a score that's higher than two. Yeah. Okay. Treats. Well, there's the feast, but there was also Hagrid's food for lunch. Talon casserole. Yeah. Who knows what that And was. there is the party afterwards when Harry returns to the Gryffindor common room and they're having a party and he's getting food shoved in his hands. Look, none of the meals that are mentioned sound appetizing or something that Harry is interested in eating. Yeah. So not very interesting. I mean, there's still plenty of food throughout the night, so it's not like they're starving. But it's just it's nothing stands out and is really the food's not the spectacle for that night. So maybe a two I'd give it a one because I think the talent in the casserole really drags the the whole day down. It does. It's a bit of a bummer. <laughs> mm. That's all right. One. Uh, tricks. Uh, Harry being chosen as Triwizard Champion, the greatest trick of all. Yeah, that's like, whoa, didn't see that one coming, did you, sonny boy? <laughs> also, <laughs> Dumbledore tricked Fred and George with his age line. Yeah. The tricksters become the tricky. It was Fred and George, and uh, there was like three other kids, I think, as well, who did the same sort of thing and were in the hospital wing. <laughs> so that's good. I like that. I think that's peak tricks. I think if you can pull a trick on Fred and George... That's really good. Like, that's a good trick. Yeah. Uh, so I'm already looking at an eight, and then with the added bonus of Harry becoming a champion, 
That's pretty good. That's a solid... No, sorry, we're going out of five, aren't we? Yeah, we're going out of five, not ten. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't have ranked it five for spooks. Okay, yeah, that's why... (laughs) That's what I was saying. Wow, sorry, listeners. (laughs) Yeah, each category is out of five, and then you get a score out of 25 total for the... Okay, spooks can go down lower then. Spooks can be a three. Three? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that, listeners. All right. Um, We'll leave treats at one and tricks. Tricks. I think a five out of five for tricks this year. This is a tricky year. A five. Yeah, that's solid. Togetherness. Oh, it's a complicated one. It is. So the trio do spend most of the day together. They go to see Hagrid. That's a good togetherness thing. Mm-hmm. There's some time with Fred and George. <laughs> Hagrid does ditch them, <laughs> which I love. That's so great. Hagrid's so in love and silly. Yeah. <laughs> they have the feast. They have, we get the introduction of the champions. That's another kind of togetherness, I guess. There's a big party in Gryffindor Tower. But by that stage, Harry doesn't want to attend the party. So he's feeling overwhelmed and stressed. Then there's the fight with Ron. Yeah. The instant that Harry goes down into the cellar after his name has been drawn and sees the champions there and uh, Fleur mistakes him as like a messenger boy, uh, Harry starts to feel mm. like very, very distanced from everyone else. Like, at first he's just confused. He's like, how is yeah. this happening? But then he starts to feel the huge distance between himself and the other champions. And then when he gets back to the common room between himself and the rest of Gryffindor House, because everyone else is so excited and happy for him and wondering how he did it. And then finally he's like, oh, I just want to go see Ron. I just want to talk to someone that actually cares about me and I know well. And he goes to see Ron and it just all falls over. Yeah. So togetherness really slopes downhill. But it starts out so good. It does. They're spending the day together, they're visiting Hagrid. I think a three. Mm, I was going to say three, but then when you think of the fallout between Harry and Ron after this night. I think that's losing the trio bonus. I don't think that's taking away from togetherness. Okay. All right. Because it happens right at the end of the night. Okay. So three? I think a three for togetherness. Okay. Plot. Oh, so much. Oof. Like, we've been through it all before. All the plot. Yeah, like, this This is the thing that kicks off the plot for book four. Yeah. Harry being entered into the Tribe of the Tournament. Like, that's what the whole book's about. Yeah, so definitely a five out of five. Five out of five. Okay. So we don't get the trio bonus? I don't think we get a heartbreak deficit, though. I wouldn't say this is a heartbreaking Halloween. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Trio bonus is just when they're all together, isn't it? Physically together. Yeah, but Harry and Ron fight in this one, and then they're not together after that. That's togetherness. You're getting them mixed up. I know that's togetherness. (laughs) We're witnessing the beginning of the trio breaking down for months at a time. Okay. I think that's losing the trio. But I also think no heartbreak deficit. Yeah, it's not really heartbreaking. It's just more like, whoa. Uh, Okay. Yeah. That's still a 17 total. Let's do year three. Year three has such a great Halloween. I'm so excited. Okay. So first up, Harry can't go to Hogsmeade. Eh. Um, so he goes to... Oh, Yeah, it is sad. He wanders around the castle a bit. Like, he tries to find something to do and Filch scolds him for being outside of his common room and not doing anything. So then he goes to the common room but Colin Creevy is there with his friends and Colin Creevy's like, come sit with us. And Harry's like, oh, no, I, I, I'm just going to go to the library. <laughs> and so he goes to the library. But then he's like, no, I don't want to study. So he loaders up to uh, Lupin's... <laughs> um, well, he loaders through a corridor and happens to pass by Lupin's office. And Lupin sort of like assesses that Harry's alone on a Hogsmeade day and invites him in. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, so here's like my Grindylow. Have a look at it. Oh. And then he gives him a cup of tea and they start 
they start fe- like they start having a little conversation. Harry starts to feel a little bit better and happier mm-hmm. because uh, Harry addresses the issue that like, oh, why didn't you let me fight the bucket in class? Because Harry was worried that Lupin thought he was weak, and Lupin's like, oh, well, I was worried it returned to Voldemort. They had that little conversation. Harry and Lupin begin to understand each other better. Yeah, and then Snape comes in. Yuck! <laughs> um, <laughs> Gross. He, he brings in this Wolfsbane potion. Harry doesn't know it's Wolfsbane potion. He thinks it's like a. a a poison, actually. <laughs> he thinks Snape might be trying to poison <laughs> Lupin. Which is such a dumb plan. <laughs> like, I know. I'm just going to literally bring him a cup of poison in the middle of the day. <laughs> Drink this. Lupin just waves it off and he's like, all right, Harry, you better get going. I've got a lot of work to do. I'm going to drink this poison and die because Snape's murdering me. <laughs> Harry clears out. Hermione and Ron come back later and they give Harry like a bunch of Honeyduke sweets and tell him all about their trip to Hogsmeade. There are hundreds of candle-filled pumpkins around the Great Hall. Mm. All the bats are out again. There's flaming orange yes. screamers in the sky. Yes. There's this delicious food. The ghosts perform a formation gliding. Oh, that's so and, good. Like, so that's like a nice performance from the ghosts. Nearly Heather Snick does a reenactment of his almost beheading. Oh, excellent. Yeah, it's described as like a, a pretty good evening. This is peak Halloween. And then the Gryffindors head back to their common room only to discover that the fat lady has been attacked. And that Sirius Black was the one who attacked her. Mm. So then everyone goes to the Great Hall mm-hmm. and they're given sleeping bags. This is everyone, not just the Gryffindors. Everyone in the school yeah. is sent to the Great Hall. They're given sleeping bags and they're instructed to sleep in the Great Hall for the night. The castle is searched for Sirius Black by um, the teachers and everyone has a sleepover in the Great Hall, basically. So a lot happens. Oh, it's so exciting. I love year three. Yeah. So spooks. Sirius Black tries to get into the castle. That's fucking spooky. <laughs> it is. That is spooky. Especially, like, the reason why I'd call that spooky and not traumatic is because nobody gets hurt. Like, the fat lady's attacked, but she's a portrait. She's not a real person. Yeah. So, like, it's a scary, dangerous time, but it sort of also becomes, a like, a an exciting sleepover with the whole school. So, yeah, it's a spooky time, not a mm. terrifying time. Yeah, and it's spooky that her portrait was attacked. Wasn't it, like, slashed? Yeah. So the implication that Sirius Black was just wielding a knife? Like, that's, like, wow, spooky. Yeah. And also the fact that, according to Harry, Snape tried maybe tried to poison Lupin <laughs> right in front of him. That's spooks, I guess. That's also yeah. spooky. The Grindylo in Lupin's <laughs> office is a bit spooky. Yeah, water demon. That's pretty And good. all the Halloween decorations. Oh, excellent. All the pumpkins and the bats and the ghosts yeah i think it's a five out of five for spooks absolute five out of five i kind of want to give it higher but i think it's a five out of five yeah treats uh it's a bit sad because harry can't go to honey jukes himself but ron and hermione do bring him a big bag of treats from honey jukes yeah like pretty much everything they could get from the store <laughs> yeah which is lovely they're such good friends yeah they do have the hogwarts feast too and i'm gonna argue that having tea with lupin even though it was just a cup of tea, it was the company that made it nicer as well, because Harry was feeling a bit yeah. despondent at that time, and Lupin recognised that. So that was nice. I think that's a togetherness thing. Yeah. I don't think that's treats, I think that's togetherness, but I'm still going to argue a five out of five for treats. Yeah, same. Okay, so tricks. We might be having a winner. Yeah, this is looking good. Lupin might have been tricking Harry by saying, oh, it's uh, medicine for my cold, for my illness. When it's really Will Spain potion. I don't know. I don't know if I'd class that as a trick. It's kind of just a lie. <laughs> not really, because he's not actually lying, I guess. It's like... Oh, yeah, you're right. He isn't lying. 
yeah, he's he's just sort of avoiding the truth, which is a bit tricky. I yeah yeah that that that, that is a bit tricky. You've convinced me. <laughs> I'll give it a, a one. Sirius sneaking into the castle is kind of a trick as well, because nobody knows how he does it. Yeah, except for Lupin, of course. That's pretty good. And arguably his name. <laughs> but we'll get into that one day. Probably, maybe. What about the ghosts yeah. flying around in formation? That's also a kind of trick. Yeah, I'm going to give it a trick. So that's a three. I, I think a two. I think all up that counts as a two. Two for tricks, okay. Togetherness? This is a good one for togetherness. Yeah, but Harry Harry gets to spend his first he gets basically his first interaction with Lupin because he's met Lupin before, but this is his first like one-on-one bonding time. Yeah. With someone who becomes incredibly important to Yeah. So that's good. Hermione and Ron are away, but they do come back and they do like, you know, give Harry a bunch of gifts and they say they're so happy to be back to see him and stuff like that. So that's nice. Yeah. They're away, but they're not like they're not away because they're fighting or away because they're not like in the same sort of place. They're they're literally just mm. down in Hogsmeade, like it's so close, <laughs> and they're only gone for a couple of hours. Yeah, Harry is like lonely, but mm. and they come back and they have the feast together. And you can argue that like the big sleepover in the Great Hall—that's everyone's together. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another kind of togetherness. Mm. I always like that when they have. The entire castle together for the sleepover. The first thing Harry, Ron, and Hermione do is they grab three sleeping bags and drag them away into a corner. Yeah. So they can be alone. They can gossip. <laughs> they can gossip. And they can overhear yeah. the teachers from the place they end up sleeping in as well. They're such tricky little kids. They're so nosy. Every every time they do anything, <laughs> it's always about eavesdropping on teachers or making their little plots and schemes. God. <laughs> Just mind your business. Stay in your lane. <laughs> Although, in their defense, this is very much in Harry's lane. Sirius Black is trying to kill him. He should be nosy. I'd be nosy if someone was after me. Yeah, but it's every year. No wonder those three became friends. They're the three nosiest people in Harry's year. Like, fuck's sake. The only only three who could stand each other. Oh, anyway. um, So what are we giving this for togetherness? I'm going to say three. Yeah, I think a three as well. Yeah. I think Harry being alone at the beginning really drags it down from a four. Yeah. And the threat of Sirius Black is a bit of a, ugh. Like, everyone is together, but they're all kind of nervous. It's a distressing time. All right, last one. Plot. And plot. Yes. Okay, uh, this introduces three parts of the plot that are quite interesting. So firstly, the fact that Harry can't go to Hogsmeade, but he wants to, so that introduces later the need for the Mourner's Map. Mm-hmm. Um, it also introduces the fact that Lupin's a werewolf, the hint of the Wolfsbane potion. Yeah. And then it also introduces Sirius Black breaking into Hogwarts for the first time. So it creates the idea that Sirius Black can do that. Not only can he break out of Azkaban, but he can break into the castle. So that's interesting. So Harry isn't safe at Hogwarts anymore, despite the Dementors and all that extra security. That's a lot of interesting plot. I think there's a five out of five for plot. There's a lot happening. Five out of five. Yep, you agree? Yeah, that's good. Okay, so that comes to... 20. 20 out of 25. Wow, this is a high-ranking Halloween. Have we added the trio bonus? Oh, I forgot about that. Um, and I don't think we get a heartbreak thing. This, this isn't the heartbreaking time. No. So 21. Okay. Year two. Second year. It's very rainy and chilly in the castle, and Madame Pomfrey has been handing out pepper-up potions to cure the sniffles. There are pumpkins in the Great Hall which are like garden sheds in size, so that's enormous. Mm-hmm. There are the bats again, and most of all, 
Dancing fucking skeletons, Ria. Dancing skeletons! The thing that we were so excited about for our last Halloween episode. I cannot contain my joy. But we don't get to see it. It happens off page. It happens off page, but they're still there in the back. Like Honestly, the greatest injustice in the Harry Potter <laughs> series is that we don't get to see those dancing skeletons. I know. Robbed. Uh, so yeah, the trio go down to Nellie Headless Nick's death day party. Uh, it's pretty spooky. There are black candles. His 500th death day party. That's right. There are black candles lining the walls with blue flames. The dungeon is freezing. It's it's cold. And there's a horrible screeching music, which must sound nice to the ghosts. Oh yeah, that's something we didn't talk about in our ghost episode. Why do they hear horrible screeching music as good? I guess it's like food. It's extremes. If food is so rotting and awful and you pass through it and it's like tasting it, then like music is so loud and screeching, then listening to it must be like experiencing listening to music. That makes no sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> that implies that all the ghosts are deaf. No, I mean, like, dancing. Okay, look, I don't want to get bogged down in this. <laughs> okay. Oh, Let's right. just forget um, I said anything. <laughs> yeah, shh. We're not allowed to talk about ghosts anymore. I know. That's done. We've closed that topic forever. Honestly, a trigger word for me now. I just... <laughs> okay. Moaning Myrtle is introduced for the first time. Mm-hmm. There's the gross rotting feast, which at first the kids are like, oh, some food, because they're like a a bit hungry, and they go over it to the, and it's like rotting with maggots and yuck. It's disgusting. The Headless Hunt shows up, and Nicholas Demimsy Paulpington is like overshadowed by them, and he gets a bit upset about that. Mm -hmm. Harry hears the basilisk voice in the walls, and he um, chases after it, and Ron Hermione chases after him. They end up at the third floor corridor and find out that the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. And that Mrs. Norris has been petrified mm-hmm. and the message is written in blood. Yeah. And then uh, all the school shows up and the drama ensues from there. Harry's implicated to be the one who attacked Mrs. Norris. Spooks. This is a spooky time. Fuck, this is a spooky time. It's so spooky. Uh, people are getting attacked. <laughs> God. Classic. Like, you've got the whole Hogwarts feast spooks. So the decorations are there, the huge pumpkins, dancing skeletons, that's great. Then you've got the death day spooks of, like, seeing the ghosts and living, seeing a bit about the ghost lifestyles. Yeah. And then you've got the actual spooks of the whole chamber of secrets being open, blood on the walls, petrified cats. That's pretty spooky. Like, Jesus. Harry hearing voices nobody else can hear. That's terrifying. Which, by the way, I always thought... That Ron and Hermione should have been able to hear the hissing of the snake, even if they can't understand what it's saying. They should have still been able to hear it. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I, this is definitely five out of five for spooks, if not more. There's so many spooks happening. Oh, absolutely. Treats? Yeah. Treats might be a hot zero. They don't get to go to the feast, they're so hungry, and the ghost food is disgusting. Yeah, it's negatives <laughs> I'm, I'm arguing actually they, <laughs> they go to bed hungry and they experience the excitement of oh we're gonna get some food but then it turns out to be a rotting beast full of maggots and yuck that's worse yeah that's worse than like not getting the promise of food in the first place <laughs> so you, you want to give that a negative score a negative one. <laughs> oh wow that's harsh <laughs> all right negative one <laughs> what about tricks tricks well, I'm sure the skeletons would have done some cool tricks, but we never got to see it. <laughs> Peeves is hassling Moaning Myrtle. Yeah, Peeves is hassling Myrtle, like you said. That's an awful trick. I don't like that. It's bullying. Yeah, I don't like bullying either, but I think the presence of Peeves is worth a point because he's just a living trick. Yeah, that's one. 
I think also the fact that I, I guess the Chamber of Secrets being opened and it's actually Ginny who opened it. Like, whoa, <laughs> no one expected that, eh? I think uh, this is a bit roundabout, but we find out later that Lucius Malfoy hmm. is the is the one who's behind all of this, and he's trying to frame Arthur Weasley as possessing dark artifacts by yeah. giving the diary to Ginny. Yeah. So it's a long con, but it's kind of a trick by Lucius. I'll take that. That's a two we've got for tricks. <laughs> That's worth one point, that trick. I think let's also mention um, the Headless Hunt. They chuck around each other's heads and do a bit of a show. Yeah, that's a good trick. And it's it's Nick's birthday party and they steal the limelight. <laughs> and also the trio, like Harry promised that he'd be at the party and make a presence and like make a stand for Nicholas's cause of wanting to be on the Headless Hunt. The trio totally give the party a slip. They just leave. Like They're there for probably like 10 minutes. <laughs> and then they just leave. So that's a bit tricky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think three for tricks this year. Yeah, nice. Togetherness. Well, the trio are together the whole day and there's no fighting. Yep. That's always good. Simpler times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no unpleasantness. <laughs> they don't get to be together with the rest of the school, though, because they have to go down into the dungeon with the dead people. Yeah. And the three of them are isolated. Like, when the whole incident occurs, when the whole school appears, literally the whole fucking school mm-hmm. appears outside of the scene of the crime. Sorry, I've got hiccups. How dare you? The trio are, like, called out, removed from everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's like, oh, what do they do? It's like, that's a bit yeah. bad. Sorry, I'm tr- struggling to think and suppress hiccups at the I'm same just time. thinking of, like, year three, <laughs> we gave extra togetherness points because Harry spent a lot of time with Lupin, who's someone who's very important to him. But I don't think that spending the time with mm-hmm. Nelly Headless Nick, Moaning Myrtle, and Peeves gets the same sort of togetherness, because those are three people that Harry doesn't particularly like. Yeah. I guess a one? Yeah, I think a one. There's not much good togetherness going on, aside from the trio being together. Yeah. Okay, uh, plot. (laughs) Once again, the Chamber of Secrets gets opened, and that's what this entire book is about. So this is the catalyst. That's pretty plot-heavy. That's a Mm. five out of five for me. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a five as well. Also, the death day party, meeting Moaning Myrtle, like, there's more stuff happening. Yeah. Harry hearing Basilis for the first time. Trio bonus as well. Yeah, with trio bonus. There's no heartbreak this time. Mrs. Norris gets attacked, but that's not really heartbreaking. No, I think it's a pretty good Halloween. That comes to 15. Yeah, 15. That's a solid Halloween. 15 out of 25. That's pretty good. Mm. But is it as good as year one, the Philosopher's Stone? Let's see. So... The day begins with the smell of baking pumpkin wafting throughout the castle. Oh, That's so beautiful. good. Today, the kids are finally learning Wingardium Leviosa, which they're pretty excited about because they get to make things hover. Huh. Uh, Seamus Finnegan blows his feather up. Simpler times. <laughs> and Hermione overhears Ron's mean comment about her and ends up running away and crying and hiding in the bathroom, mm-hmm. which is a bit rough. Yeah. They go into the Great Hall for the feast. There are a thousand live bats on the walls and ceiling and a thousand more swooped over the tables in low black clouds. Actual quote. Oh, so good. Low black clouds. What a spooky fucking time. Yeah. There are candles and pumpkins. Uh, a feast appears on golden plates. Harry eats a jacket potato. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the iconic scene, Quirrell bursts through the big great hall doors, runs down the middle of the room, screaming, Troll in the dungeons! <laughs> and then falls into a dead faint. <laughs> so 
you what to know. <laughs> Classic girl. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. That's great. Dumbledore sends up purple firecrackers from his wand to bring silence in the hall because everyone starts panicking. That's a good trick. That's a good trick. I, I wrote that. I wrote down anything that seemed important for our categories. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the houses are instructed to go back to their dormitories. Yep. Um, but Harry and Ron break break away from the crowd because they realize that Hermione doesn't know. Mm-hmm. They jump to the troll. It smells like old socks and old shit. Basically, Gross. Harry says it smells like a public a public lavatory that hasn't been cleaned. So that's old shit. <laughs> yeah, that's disgusting. That's so gross. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, they do the little accidental thing where they lock the troll in the girls' bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but then realize <laughs> with the mining classic realize what they've done and they go back and then they have the little fight scene with the troll and they defeat it mm-hmm. all up they lose 10 points to Gryffindor but then the trio becomes a fast friendship yeah Hermione lies for them when the teachers show up yeah that's a pivotal moment for Hermione the first time she lies to get Harry and Ron out of trouble yeah so begins a lifetime <laughs> of that and they uh, the trio goes back to the uh, common room well Hermione goes back first, and Ron and Harry meet her there, and they become fast friends after that, and they end up having the rest of the feast in the common room. So they do end up eating the rest of the food as well. Yeah. So that is Halloween year one. One other thing happens that I think is very important. Mm-hmm. Snape goes to the third floor corridor and gets his leg fucking torn <gasps> apart by Fluffy. Yes! So that's Halloween ever. How could I forget? That's great. Oh, so good. Snape gets shredded. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to rank this one. Okay, spooks. Well, fuck, a troll coming in is pretty fucking spooky. Yeah. Let's we forget, too, that this is Harry's first year at Hogwarts, so the spooks are yeah the best thing he's ever seen in terms of Halloween, because the Dursleys would never have celebrated Halloween. Mm-hmm. And so pumpkins and bats and ghosts and, like, wow, it just must be so cool. Yeah. That's crazy. This is Harry's first Halloween, and it's such a good one. The troll coming in, the fact that it was all a plan by Voldemort that you find out later is kind of spooky too. Yeah. The fact that um, Harry starts starts to suspect that Snape was the one that let the troll in and that Snape is up to something, I guess, is a bit spooky. I think that's more of a plot thing than a spooky thing. Okay, fair. So spooks, what do you think? Five out of five for me. <laughs> I still think five out of five. With the decorations plus the troll coming in, that's a five. Nice. Treats. Well, they get the Halloween feast. It does get interrupted, but they start the feast back up again in the common room. That's good. Mm. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's food. And there's nothing really notable about the food except the Harry eats a jacket potato. That's all I noticed. I think a four for this because the feast is pretty good. But we gave a five to year three. And in that year, he got a bunch of Halloween, not Halloween, Honeyjukes candy, which is candy is what Halloween yeah. treats are all about. So I think a four for this yeah. because he doesn't get any candy. Okay. Uh, tricks. Quirrell lets the troll in. What a good trick. And he does the whole dramatic entrance of being like, troll in the dungeon, and then fakes a faint. That's a pretty good trick that as is well. That's a good trick. <laughs> I guess, oh, Hermione tricked the teachers. Yes, she did. Such a good trick. She lied. I think Harry and Ron sneaking away from Percy to go and find Hermione. Yeah. Is a good trick. And also them locking the troll in the room, <laughs> only to realise they'd lock the troll in the bathroom with Hermione is another great trick. But that's more of a trick by the universe. I'm going to give it a five, because there's a lot of tricks going on and they're all great. Togetherness. This is when the trio become a trio. Yeah. I do have to mention that the day started with Hermione crying in the bathroom because of something Ron said, though. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, she was so upset that she missed yeah. class. Yeah, that's true. She did skip class, which is so unusual for Hermione. That's pretty bad. I think it happens like twice in the entire series. Yeah, once because she's crying in the bathroom and the other because she's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the third year when she's so exhausted from the time travel. Uh, and also, Feast gets broken up and all of the houses get split apart. Mm. So that's not togetherness at the feast. I'm going to give it a two. I, yeah, I was going to say two as well. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. The other really good trick is when Dumbledore's like, prefects will take their <laughs> houses to their common rooms, but the Slytherin common room's in the dungeon <laughs> where the troll is. <laughs> Great, Great trick, Dumbledore. <laughs> More evidence that Dumbledore just doesn't give a fuck about Slytherin. (laughs) (laughs) He lives his life wild. (laughs) Actually, for togetherness, I'm going to say a three because you're right. This is the pivotal moment that the trio comes together as a trio. Yeah. It's still, it's important. Even if it starts pretty badly. Yeah, okay. I'm happy to give that a three. Uh, Plot. Again, there's a lot of things happening. There's Harry, Ron and Hermione coming together as the trio. That's a huge plot thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Quirrell lets the troll in. Snape sneaks away to fight Fluffy, which we find out about later. Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> Those are three big ones. I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, I was going to say four. Okay. There's also a trio bonus, I guess, because they become the trio. And I don't think we get a heartbreak deficit. That comes to 20... 22. 22 out of 25. So that's our best Halloween. Oh, but wait. But... <laughs> Yes, there is one more Halloween. 1981. (laughs) The day Voldemort fell. And the day that Lily and James Potter were killed at the age of 21. Oh, they were so young. I'm older than Lily and James Potter. That's how old I am, Rhea. Oh, you're too young to be married with a child. And die. Lily, James, we're going to get the heartbreak deficit. Okay, uh, spooks. Spooks. Oh, fuck, it's a spooky time. It is spooky. (laughs) It's during the middle of the Voldemort. Yeah, and Voldemort himself shows up to a house to kill a child. That's very spooky. He's literally out there roaming the streets looking for children to kill. Yeah. (laughs) What a spooky time. There's also that moment where we find out in the seventh book, a child comes up to him and says, nice costume, mister. (laughs) And he looks down at this child. Voldemort looks in these child's eyes. And this child practically shits himself and runs away. Like, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. His name's Brian. What a great kid. Brian. 10 out of 10, Brian. Fantastic. Oh, bravest child. Oh. <laughs> Call Voldemort on his bullshit more often. Yeah. That's going to go in tricks, because that's an incredible trick. Walking up to Voldemort and being like, hey, nice face, fuckhead. <laughs> it's basically what that kid said. I assume that he actually thought it was a costume, because Voldemort at that point would look so... Yeah evil like like cartoonishly evil that you would think monstrous that you would think it was a guy wearing a mask yeah which is a which is a devastating smackdown (laughs) (laughs) you have a child assume you're wearing a monster mask when it's just your regular face that is pretty good fuck yeah brian best character in the series so i'm gonna give it a five for spooks because it's terrifying like, first of all, like, there's a traditional Halloween happening as well. There's kids going around trick-or-treating in costume. Yeah. And there's also an actual monster out. Yeah, yeah that's a five out of five for spooks. Uh, treats. Like I said, there is trick-or-treating happening. <laughs> there's no but, mention yeah, of food being eaten. It's happening out in the street. Oh, uh, I guess that's one, one point for trick-or-treating happening. Tricks? We've got to account, we've got to include Brian's uh, encounter. <laughs> 
Five out of five. I also want to talk about uh, two other things. First of all, that we know that James Potter was doing a little trick with his wand where he was making puffs of smoke come out to make Harry happy yeah. as a little infant. That's a nice trick. That is a nice trick. And also the trick that is more devastating <laughs> is the fact that the Order decided to have Peter Pettigrew as a secret keeper in order to trick the Dark Lord, but it turned out not being a trick. And they got tricked. Well, James and Lily decided to do that. Yeah. Not the Order. Peter Pettigrew tricked into thinking he was a trustworthy person. Yeah. And in fact, he was not. So there's a lot of tricks going on. So yeah, that is, that's a pretty devastating trick. That's a five out of five for tricks. This was a tricky Halloween. It was. And the fact also, it's not really a trick, but it's just another thing that happens at the Halloween. Uh, James lends Dumbledore his cloak. Yeah. So that's why bad things happen too. That's more of a plot thing than a trick thing though. Yeah, yeah. And togetherness, this is a tricky one for togetherness because yeah. this is the, well, one of the only times that we see Harry happy with his family. Yeah. And it's all about to end. This is the last time that the Potters are all together as a family. Wow, this is a sad one. When you think about it, when it's all over, when James is killed, when Lily is killed, the the, the love shields protects Harry, and Voldemort's soul is split, but a part of it goes into Harry, so Voldemort is together with Harry in that way. Why, Jim? Why? Why would you bring that up? <laughs> I know, I know. Also, around the rest of the Wizarding World, everyone's celebrating because it's the end of the war and they're raising glasses in the air and saying to Harry Potter, the boy who lived, that's a great sense of togetherness for the rest of the Wizarding community yeah. for the most part. I think, that, I think that starts on November 1st, though. Although I suppose it might start Halloween night, like as soon as mm. news of what has happened spreads. I don't want to give this a five for togetherness. No, three, I reckon. A three, do you reckon? James and Lily being together with baby Harry. That's good. That's worth a three for me. Yeah, makes me sad. <laughs> okay, plot. Well, this is the plot. Yeah. This <laughs> this Halloween is everything you need to know about Harry Potter in one evening. <laughs> yeah. This is the most significant Halloween, arguably, of all time. <laughs> it's what starts the series. Yeah, this is everything. And it, and it ends the series and it is the series. So five out of five, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would give it a ten out of five if I could. Yeah. I'm gonna give this a heartbreak deficit. Uh, we don't we don't get the trio bonus. <laughs> no trio bonus. Definitely a heartbreak deficit. Heartbreak deficit. Although James, Lily, and Harry are kind of a trio. <laughs> no. <laughs> so this comes out to an eighteen. Eighteen. Still better than some of the other Halloweens in like book seven to five. It's the second oh no, the yeah, the third best Halloween. Wow. The only ones that beat it were the first Halloween and the third Halloween. <laughs> and we should actually read out the winners and the losers in order. So, number one best Halloween on 22 points is the first year. First Halloween. Yeah. The runner-up on 21 points is the third Halloween in book three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and third place on 18 points is 1981. <laughs> oh, God. Fourth place, 17 points, is the fourth year. Mm-hmm. Fifth place on 15 points is second year. Sixth place is the fifth year with five points. Seventh place is the seventh book with four points. And the worst <laughs> Halloween of all time with two points is Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> Excellent. There we go. We did it, gang. <laughs> I'm glad we made the commitment to science. <laughs> 
I'm just so glad that we did it in reverse order. Yeah. Imagine if we'd started here and then worked our way back to like the three worst Halloweens right at the end. God, what a depressing way to structure an episode. Yeah, who would do that? Yeah, <laughs> who definitely didn't make that mistake last year at Christmas? So I've been Jem, and this Halloween I'll be spending it with some dancing skeletons. And I've been Rhea, and this Halloween I will once again be getting drunk and eating lots of treats, same as last year. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Podcast 9 and 3 Quarters. This show is written and edited by Rhea and Jem. You can send us an email at 9and3quarterspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Tumblr at podcast9and3quarters.tumblr.com. Or talk to us separately on Twitter. Rhea is at SmashMouthRhea and Jem is at Jem underscore just Jem. Please feel free to send theories or ask questions and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the sea just to avoid them. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was Double Trouble by John Williams and our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. Happy Halloween, listeners. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.